Uh, welcome to all of you who are gathering with us today. Uh, I pray that you join us for week one of Trending. As we unpack the trending statement that science is real, if you missed it, uh, if maybe you were at confirmation celebrating with 38 young people, their, uh, their faith statements uh, and they're being confirmed in their faith last week at a, our special service at Fox Valley, maybe you didn't catch it, uh, and I would encourage you to do so. Uh, but just so we're all on the same page, if you missed last week, I want a minute to win it, uh, highlight the why behind the what of this series. Uh, because it's so important and vital to, to this series to know the importance of trending and half-truths. And we're going to pack a bunch of them. But Jesus knew the importance of and the danger of if you followed the trend. So when we talk about the why behind the what of this series, things trend, they always have, they always will. Things get repeated and repetition is the mother of learning. Things in our world today trend at a far faster pace than ever before due to social media, uh, due to influencers, due to the internet. Like you can get information over and over again in your face in seconds. And after seven minutes to hear the same thing and, and might be prone to believe it to be true. And then there's the danger behind the trending. Jesus said this in the Gospel of Matthew, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. See, when we talk about trendings, we're not talking about what fashion is all the rage. Like, I don't care if my fashion is in or not. I'm too old to care. We're not talking about fashion. We're not talking about food trends, while they might be important to you and your health. We're talking about statements and beliefs and ideas that culture is getting behind and moving people to, in a direction that might be dangerous. Might not be true. Jesus would say, if you follow the ways of the world, be very careful, because the world is prone to be off and not in line with God. But small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Remember this phrase, I probably will repeat it every week I preach in some form or another, but here's the why behind the what of this series, why we're doing this and going over this. What's trending could lead to your ending. It could damage your relationship with God. And if you buy into it, if you follow it all the way, if that's the trend you go down and you, you follow along with, in eternity it might lead to your spiritual ending. And we wouldn't be doing a service to you as a church if we didn't highlight that, talk about that, unpack that, and figure out what's trending, if it's godly or not, good or not, true or not true, or half true, what's dangerous in it. Because what's trending could lead to your ending. And one of our values is simply to preach 200 proof grace and truth. And so that's what we pray to do during this series, so that your ending is, is good and with God. Which leads us to week number two. It's probably the only week in the series that is not going to be an external trend, a worldly trend, something that flows out of the world and, and maybe falls in line with, with people who are outside of the church. Today's trend is internal and churchy, but it can be dangerous to our souls. And the trend is this, here's the phrase if you uh, want to write it down or if you don't see the top of your notes, God told me. God told me. Like it's 
over the last 50 years, I would say, has become very trendy in Christian circles amongst Christian people. Like the odds are pretty good, unless you're super, super young, and, and I'm a grandpa, so I might talk this way, but, but my grandpa would never, ever, ever have uttered the word, God told me. God spoke to me. His stoic German culture would have frowned at it and have probably said, absolutely not. But in today's world, it's trending. And, and amongst Christians, it's gaining popularity and belief and flowing out of our lips. Why? Why is it increasing? Why is it growing? What's behind that, that trending? Well, I would pose in many ways we live in a different world and different time and age where, where people like to have intimate relationships with other people more than they necessarily like to get their information and have a relationship with someone they can't see, can't touch, never talks to them. Like if we live in a world where you can FaceTime and you can see people and you can connect with people in person and visually through a phone, you, you might desire more of that kind of relationship with God than sit down at your chair, open your book, and read something. Makes sense. I think even more is that in the Christian community, whether knowingly or not, Christian authors, Christian songwriters, Christian speakers speak with these kind of terms. I tried to trace it back in my mind as to when maybe this explosion happened and when did the Christian community get drawn into it. And, and part of me thinks maybe it goes back to a book that got published in 2007 and boomed on the scenes in 2008, was on the number one New York Times bestseller list for 70 weeks called The Shack. Anyone ever read The Shack? See the movie, The Shack? Like, I'm not here to debate the theology of the shack. Because <laughs> there are lots of Christian theologians who debated the theology of the shack. But if you've read the book, you've seen the movie, uh, you kind of know the gist behind it. But just in case you haven't, there's a man whose child was tragically killed, kidnapped and killed. And he gets a note that says, go to the shack. And it's there at the shack that he has conversations with God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit... Again, I'm not talking about the theology. I'm talking about the concept of the movie. And those conversations were essential and needed by him to, to wrestle with, to deal with, to, to get through the, the trauma, the loss, the pain, the, the tension with God. And over days at the shack, those conversations, God told me so moments, impacted his life. I think a lot of Christians use this phrase, thinking this way, or trending down this path with not bad intentions. Like, I think the Christian heart desires to know the will of God, desires to do what God wants them to do, wants to know what's right and know what's wrong, wants to have wisdom in making decisions, wants to, to follow what God would have them know so that they... They choose the right path because they don't want to mess it up. Like, if you're like me, you're a perfectionist like me, you, you don't want to make a mistake. And it would be really nice if, if God would just tell me the choice to make, the, the right thing to do. And there's a part of me that desires it. How about you? And I think that's a lot behind the trending 
as well as the emotional piece of things. If we live in a difficult, difficult time, like our world is broken and there, there are so many people I hear saying, it would be just so much better if God would end it. And there are so many people who are per personally hurting, they, they wish that God would just talk to them and give them an answer on the why and maybe some insight as to how they can overcome it. Like if God just told me, I could do it. And I think that's where the best of intentions sometimes get the best of Christians. Because my emotions are a powerful force and I can believe a whole lot of things, but it might not be godly. And I also want to understand that I know God speaks. So could it be him? Like all too often we make this an either or, a heads or a tails. It's either God did speak and God still does speak or no way, absolutely not. God never talks to anybody ever again. There's no possible way. Nope. When you were in that hospital room, it, it couldn't have been God. God doesn't do that. God doesn't operate that way. No way. Like that would be the easy answer for the pastor. <laughs> like I'm smarter than you. You're crazy. God never told you so. Sorry. So what is the answer? Is there something to the trend? Is there somewhere in the middle? What is it that God would have us know when emotions are real, when we desire God to speak to us, that he'd have us hold on to, to apply in our life of faith? Which is why today my goal is to do these three things. Give you two facts, like two facts that are biblical. That's the only way to know how to deal with the trend and what's the truth. Identify them in a very good way so that you can hold on to it, make it memorable with the truth. Biblical fact, truth, two of those, and then one takeaway at the end. How do we bring this together? What does God want us to know with this trickiness? Because we're going to run into it. Well, here's the first fact, biblical fact that I want to put in front of you, and it's this. God has spoken in various ways. And here's the Bible to reinforce it. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Like when someone says, God spoke to me, I, I, I had this dream and it felt like God was telling me so. It doesn't necessarily go against what transpired and took place throughout history. God spoke through the prof to the prophets at many times and in various ways. The book of Job tells us God does speak, now one way, now another. I mean, the pages of Scripture are filled with example after example of people God spoke to at different times and in various ways. He spoke to Adam and Eve. He spoke to Cain to tell him to, to watch out, sin is at your door. He, he spoke to Noah and said, build this ark so he could preserve humanity. He, he spoke to Abraham. He, he spoke to Jacob in a vision. He, he spoke to Samuel while he was sleeping. He, he spoke to Old Testament believer after believer. Now, the list is long, and the ways are various. And the New Testament is no different. He appeared to, 
Paul in a vision and Peter in a dream. He, vision, he appeared to John, who he inspired to write the last book of the Bible in a special way with a vision. Like, God spoke over the course of 1,500 years, as we have it recorded, in the Bible to various prophets to write it down. Like, God spoke over and over again. Which means I have to say this is the truth about that fact. When it comes to, does God speak, does, does the statement and the trending, God told me, fall short or not? Is it true or not true? I, I have to say this is the truth. It's not that God doesn't. Because he has. Like there's probably some German Lutheran forefather theologian who's rolling over in his grave right now because I said that. But I think I need to say that. Because God has spoken in various ways at different times. But and if you're writing down notes, write these two questions down. When God spoke in various ways to different people, why did he speak to them? What was the message he spoke to them? What was the, the reason behind the why of God speaking? Because here's what I'd never find on the pages of Scripture. Like Moses, who was the first one to record books of the Bible, he lived around 1500 B.C. To the time of John, around 100 A.D., 1600 years, the recorded message of God, the verbally inspired message of God's truth, I never once see on the pages of Scripture God giving someone direct revelation through a conversation from him about whether or not they should quit their job and open up their own business. And I use that as an example because I've heard people say it. Because why did God speak and what did God speak? What was the why behind his what of speaking? You'd have to search long and hard to find me God speaking outside of the, the area of the message of Jesus, the promise of a Savior, the the people who he was guiding and directing and leading and encouraging to, to stay the course. Like when God spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden after they fell, it was to promise them a savior. When God spoke to Cain, it was, Cain, I don't want you to sin. When God spoke to Noah, it was build an ark because I want to preserve life and the, the genealogy of the savior and keep my promise. When he spoke to Abraham and to Jacob and to Moses and to Joshua, it was all those things that were preserving and guiding God's people, encouraging them along that journey, telling them to remain true to the promises. And in the New Testament, when he spoke to people like Paul and Peter and John, it was to encourage them and, and to give them the insight and wisdom they needed of the truths that mattered for people to hold on to because he was pointing them back to Jesus. And I can't say that God doesn't because he has, but but fact number two is also biblical. God has promised, well, he's spoken in various ways to speak in one way. Like God is not bound to anything. 
He's boundless. But God has promised, has told us, has said, I, I speak in one way and I promise to do it. And he has. And all too often in the search for God speaking to me directly, I overlook the fact that God has spoken to me. <laughs> Clearly. And directly. There was inspired word. See, even in Jesus' day, there were people who said, if there's something greater, if there's a vision more glorious, if there's something better than the book, people will connect. <laughs> like that kind of relationship will, will bring them to God. Jesus in Luke's gospel told a, what some people call a parable and other people wonder if it was factual because he doesn't use the word like he oftentimes does of the rich man and the poor Lazarus. If you've ever heard it, the rich man went to hell when he died. Lazarus went to heaven after he died. The rich man from hell calls out and, and asks for relief because it's so bad and, and so horrible and he gets none from Abraham. And then Abraham and in heaven, he calls out again and says, send someone back. Like, send a literal person back to speak to my siblings so that they don't end up down this path and follow that trend that I fell prey to. And Jesus told the answer, with Abraham speaking, they have Moses and the prophets, let them listen to them. Like, the word, the way I promise to speak, is enough. And John said at the end of the Easter gospel, these words are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that by believing you have, may have life in his name. See, the inspired word of God, most of the times that God spoke, the message, the reason behind, the why behind the what, why it trended then is because the message was all about him. See, God didn't inspire the first books of the Bible to be written until Moses. Like, we're talking 3,000 years of human life without any written, recorded word. So it shouldn't be shocking that God spoke a whole lot to the early patriarchs on that path and with those promises. Even with Abraham, they had those books, and you know where the Israelites put the book? <laughs> In an ark. <laughs> like, they preserved it, they... They were then told to speak it and communicate it orally to their families. They didn't have it printed and on tons of scrolls. Only later did that happen. But then throughout the New Testament Christian church, after God spoke to John, the final revelation, God stopped. We have to at least acknowledge, well, he might, he can. The one way he promised is true and it's biblical and that since John, 100 AD, maybe he hasn't. See, if the fact is that he's promised one way, the truth that I need you to remember when this trends is remember how God does through his word and remember that he has. Like when you're searching for an answer, for direction, when you're longing for comfort, when you're struggling with the why behind the what of difficulties, when you want to know more about the truth, about God, 
about what's right and what's wrong, remember that he has spoken. Like, I would like nothing more than in certain times of my life, in certain situations, for God to have told me so. And I know that God's at work behind the scenes in lots of ways that, that leads us down one path or another. Like, I can remember a time nearly 10 years ago where, where I longed for something, my desire was for something, and myself and our church continued to go down a road hoping for an outcome that, that every time we navigated another path, a door closed, and we tried another path, and a door closed, and we tried another path, and a door closed, and then another door closed, and, and finally we got the message that maybe the door is closed. But God never told me the door was closed. Wisdom and prayer and insight and conversations with godly people said, maybe it's time that the door is closed. <laughs> and I also know that there are times when God compels me to do things leads me down a path from encouragement of other people? And could it be that maybe when I'm in the heat of a decision and it's consuming my mind that I fall asleep at night and I dream about it? And my emotions lead me to, to believe that God was sending me a message? I, I don't know, but maybe it's just, it's just that. And can God work through that? to lead you to say yes to one good thing as opposed to a different good thing? <laughs> I think so. See, the Bible says God works in mysterious ways. That's a fact. God tells us that in his word, he speaks in different ways in various times. Fact. But what I do know and what I do have is that he's promised to speak to me in one way, and that's his word. So when you hear the trending, when you're having the conversation, when you're having that feeling, I want you to be very cautious and, and guarded because if we believe God is steering us down a path and telling us something, it, it might not be God and it might not be godly and it could be dangerous. Like many people in the name of God have at times said, God told me so, and it was disastrous. And if we listen to them or we allow ourselves to be that person, we could be in danger. So remember the two facts and the two truths that they lead to, and then hold on to this takeaway in this passage, because I think it gives you the ultimate answer that, that helps us when facing this trending, that gives us comfort in our Christian life when we're seeking the, the, to know what God says. The Apostle Paul said, from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, the Bible, which is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. When God speaks, his, his goal is to get you to heaven. When God speaks, his goal is to keep you connected to him. When God speaks, his goal is to give you the information you need to spend eternity with him. And then the Apostle Paul, by inspiration, says, all scripture, every last page, every last word, is God-breathed. He gave it life. It comes from his lips. It's him speaking. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The way God promised to speak and has spoken is useful for teaching, to let you know the things you need to know on the path to heaven, that Jesus is your Savior, that your sins are forgiven. It gives you the words that you need to know what is right and what is wrong. It gives you words and insight uh, that are found on the pages of Scripture that give you wisdom. 
Like there is wisdom literature in the Bible to help you make godly decisions. Like read Proverbs. <laughs> read different books that, that are inspired by God that, that can help you in decisions. The reality is it's useful for teaching, rebuking when, when we err. Like God tells us, call it out. 200 proofs, uh, truth and grace calls sin, sin. And offers grace and the amazing love of God in the face of sin. It corrects, like gets us on the right path, avoid the, the false trends. So that you might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Like I get it that every Christian wants to live and carry out the will of God. Wants to make decisions that are what God would have them do. But you know what? The college you choose, think about it, wrestle with it, but at the end of the day, it might be two good options. <laughs> and that's okay. Like, I believe God will bless you where you're at and grow you where you're planted. And maybe it doesn't work and he'll use it to get you somewhere else. Okay. See, here's the takeaway that I think we need to hold on to when this trend takes over. If you want to know God's will, what God wants, listen to God's word. Listen to God's word. Like three of the roots that we emphasize here at 922 reinforce that. Like you grow root. Like when you open the book, you will hear the word of God. He will speak to you. You will hear the comfort of God in the face of difficulties. You'll find the comfort of God in times of loss. You'll hear the voice of God talk about the great truth of his forgiveness for you when you've sinned and you've fallen short. You'll find wisdom from God. Does this fall in line with God or not? Martin Luther said this, and I think it's a great quote. You can probably Google it and find it out or try and copy it quick as I'm, right, as I'm reading it. If a thought comes to you, no matter if it seems so beautiful and holy that you imagine it to be, a down, to be downright angelic. So if it's so great and so insightful, you have this thought, you think it's God speaking, then take a good look at it, write it down, compare it with God's word, and see if it is grounded in scripture and whether God has commanded or said or ordered it or not. Now that's good advice. Open the book. And if God doesn't command it or forbid it, if God doesn't speak to it, if God's truths aren't, very, aren't all that clear on it, maybe, just maybe, God wants you to rely on some of those other voices that can speak words of wisdom and God's word to you. We call it the gather root and the group root. Like you gather here and you allow me a platform to talk for 35 plus minutes. Sometimes I know you wish it was shorter, but... Someone trained in God's word shares God's word with you so that you can know God's will and listen to God's word. A lot of you parents dropped off your kids today and left them with the teachers to go off to Bible discovery because you want them to learn about God and his will and his word. Some of you send your kids to our Christian grade school, which is a great and amazing blessing. All those things are true. We, we, care, we do this takeaway in our lives when we... Listen to other godly people. And, and then I would say group. Like when you're not sure, when you need godly advice, when, when you have blind spots in your life of faith, if, if you want to listen to God's voice, connect yourself to godly people who love the word and are in the word. 
And you know what will happen if you do all those things, if you plant those roots, evaluate your roots, maybe one needs to be stronger right now to help you know the will of God and find the word of God, you'll be blessed. The psalm writer says, Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Like I know for many people it would be a blessing if God just spoke to me. But God says he will speak to you when you meditate on his word and you will be blessed. There are so many examples when this takes place. I've used some examples in the earlier services that kind of got under the skin of some people because I've heard people say things like this. God told me so to send my kid to Christian education. I love our school. It's a great way to partner with you. It's an awesome blessing because in our school, God's word is taught. Your kids can learn it. It is an amazing thing. I do not want to underestimate it. Mr. Donnell, I love you. Go school. But God doesn't say your kid must go to a Christian school. God says parents bring your children up with the training and instruction of the Lord. That's God speaking. And there are awesome and amazing ways to do it. Which is why we need to balance it. Which is why I want to end with this. Like that example I just lose. Maybe I've done a disservice to this trending. Like me and my group of people who are called workers. Like if you've been a member of a church for a long time, and here at our church over the previous few months, you've heard a lot of calls go out. And Have you ever heard a pastor or a teacher or someone read a statement or say something like, the Lord led me to accept or return that call? When you've heard me say that before, have you ever wondered, did Pastor Tim lock his door, lock himself inside of it, and wait for the voice of God to, ah! No. No. I prayed. I, I looked at God's word and I, I hear his truths about strengths and weaknesses and talents. I talked to godly people here who know me well and know those things. I talked to godly people at the other place who know those things and while they don't know me well, know their church really well. I talked to my friends. I, I'd be foolish if I didn't talk to my wife. And at the end of the day, I evaluate where's the best use of those gifts. And it might be good, good. And you know what I might do at the end? Make a godly choice knowing that God will bless it. Like, did he speak to me through people? Yes. Did he give me wisdom through his word? Yes. In prayer, as I was communicating with God, did he calm and quiet my heart? Yes. But he never told me so, directly. But he spoke to me through the, the means that he has given and the people who, who love and, and know those means. And so when this trending hits your heart or hits someone else, remind them of that. God can. I can't say he hasn't. I can't say he has in one way promised. So if you want to know the will of God, let's listen to his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word is truth. And we know throughout history and time you've spoken to people. You might still do so today. If you do, Lord, I pray you make it clear and obvious. And I don't want to minimize that, that you are a God who can do anything, but I think it would be safe to say it's not the norm, it's the exception. But here's the amazing thing about the norm that you've given to us. It's your word that we have recorded that 
that throughout time and history, you've blessed and allowed for all of us to have it in our hands and on our phones. Like you speak to us right there. It's your word inspired by you. So we pray, Lord, that you use it. Allow us to open it individually to compare what your word says to the way we should go, to rely on godly people to give us insight and wisdom who, who know the word and love the word and teach the word and betray in the word. Give us godly friends and connect us in groups where, where our blind spots and our, our emotions might get the best of us when God tells us so, so that we can listen to God through them. And bless us all in that, Lord, because we don't want to fall prey to the trend and, and go down a path that elevates our thoughts above yours. That's the danger.